Hey guys, Akil Stokes here. Welcome back to the Trading Coach Podcast. If you guys remember in episode 913, I gave you some heads up of what to look for going into the end of our trading year and perhaps the beginning of our trading year. In today's episode, we're going to follow up on that and talk about what to expect for the remainder of the year or what to pay attention to. Now, before we get started, do me a favor if you haven't done so already, leave this podcast a rating and review. I know a lot of you guys listen. I know it's a hassle sometimes to click that button and give me five stars or write a few kind words, but it is the best way that you can support the show and I really appreciate each and every time you guys do it. So we ended the year talking about two main things. We talked about something called the Santa rally. We talked about something called the January barometer. If you guys don't remember, again, go back and listen to episode 913. But the Santa rally was basically this this theory, I guess you can say, that at the end of December slash maybe the beginning of January, stock markets rally because of this whole Santa rush and, you know, all the reasons that we mentioned in the podcast. Um, We did not see that happen this year. I didn't look at all the markets, but the local markets here in the U.S., we actually didn't see that Santa rally. But it kind of also depends on how, you know, how early or late you started. If you started in the beginning of December, you're going to have a different result than if you started it on the last week or so. But we've certainly started the year with a little bit of relief in the major indexes here in the U.S., And another theory that we mentioned was the January barometer. And the January barometer was a theory that the rest of the year follows the result of January. So January is a positive month. Then you can expect uh, or predict, I guess, maybe a positive year um, in the markets. If January is a negative month, you can expect or predict a negative year in the markets. And again, this was another one that doesn't really have any weight to it because it's really hard to kind of prove these numbers without kind of curve fitting in a sense. And I say curve fitting in a sense because in general, most of the time stock markets go up, right? That is, you know, the the path of least resistance. So it's kind of waiting like, hey, every time we have a positive January and it ends up anyway, it, it doesn't necessarily correlate with each other. So I don't think that's something that's tradable either. What I want to do in today's podcast is I want to talk about things that I think aren't necessarily tradable, but things that actually matter when it comes to the financial markets and their performances this year in 2024. Now, before we do that, let's recap 2023 a little bit. 2023 was an amazing year um, for many global markets, right? Um, I know the S&P had a return of, I think, very close to 25%. The NASDAQ was close to 50%, if not more. I'm just trying to remember these numbers off the top of my head. Uh, The DAX was about 30% or a little bit, or the DAX was about, no, the DAX was about 15%. If I remember correctly, Um, the Nikkei was 27%. So you can see lots of amazing returns in the market. And the question that we want to ask ourselves is, will we see this again? And well, yes, maybe no. You know, we'll get into kind of three things to pay attention to. But in general, the U.S. markets performed well because of, you know, despite all the negativity that's going around, in a way, positive news to the economy. However, that positive news wasn't necessarily there for other global markets, right? They were kind of 
moving in a positive direction simply because the U.S. was moving in a positive direction, right? Um, if you guys are new, the, the the almighty dollar, right? The U.S. economy is still kind of the the biggest engine in, uh, I guess, the the global driver of this uh, financial train across the world. Meaning that you know it's the safe haven pair, it's the 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 biggest greatest economy, whatever you want to call it. Maybe not biggest, but the great quote unquote greatest economy out there. Um, and when the U.S. is doing good, it's typically a sign that everything else should be doing good. When the U.S. is doing bad, it's doom and gloom for everyone else. So you typically see a lot of reaction when U.S. is doing well um, across the board, even if these other economies aren't doing well. And, and that can be very tricky because you don't want to get baited into kind of a, a false idea of what's happening. And the question that I think we'll see this year in the market is, if we don't get positive news in these other global economies, will we see those markets continue to kind of, I don't want to say falsely follow, but in a way, falsely follow what's happening in the U.S.? Or will they revert to the mean? Um, in another scenario, if the U.S. does have a negative year, does that mean that these other global markets will crash even harder? Because all the positivity that was built up on them wasn't necessarily there was no kind of base or foundation for it. It was essentially built on fluff and hope and whatever else you want to call it, which can make that crash even deeper and, and even quicker. So that's something to pay attention to. Now, what's going to affect the the U.S. economy this year? And then this goes for uh, you know different economies across the world as well. But the U.S. is the one that I'm most familiar with. A little bit biased here. I'm not a fundamental trader, and the reason for that is so I don't have to know information about every economy in the in the world, right? Um, but a few things that are going to affect it are going to be interest rates, and, and there's two types of interest rates we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Fed rates. We're going to talk about bonds as well, and the political situation. So. Real quick, with, with interest rates, right, the, the theme of last year was inflation, 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 and is inflation coming down and hiking rates, hiking rates, hiking rates, when will the rate hiking cycle stop? And if you were involved in the market, it was this cat and mouse game of Fed's going to do this, are they going to do that, are they going to do this? And every time the Fed did a, a murmur or a mention of something, the markets would react. Uh, many would say overreact, and then we would revert to the mean and go back to what we were doing before as we didn't really get the answer that we were looking for. We're basically playing this game of are we at the end? Are we at the end? Are we at the end? And then we finally got to the end, maybe in December, where um, the Fed came out and said that, hey, we are finally looking to put a stop to our interest rate hiking cycle, maybe. Um, and I say maybe because the minutes just came out um, yesterday. Um, we're finally looking to put a stop to our interest rate hiking cycle, and we're going to start projecting cuts for 2024. Like That's the news that the market was waiting for, but didn't get to hear for the longest period of time. So uh, with the theme of last year being inflation, 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 the theme of this year with inflation being back down um, is, is it going to stay down? Is it going to go too low? Is it going to go back up? And what are going to be the reactions to that? And as far as that interest rate hike, right, because we're going basically straight from a hike to a, a hike to a cut, sorry, interest rate cut, we're basically going from a hike to a cut. There's a little pause period in there. But what the market is interpreting or predicting, I should say, is basically six, right, which is a massive number, 
six potential rate cuts this year, each of them being about 25 basis points. And that's going to be 1.5% for the year if that actually happens, which is... Uh, it, it, it's crazy. And again, we got some insight yesterday with the FOMC minutes coming out on, on how strongly they think this is going to happen. And the, the market was really a little undersatisfied. I and mean, we thought we'd see a very hawkish statement. Um, we thought we would see the, the you know, uh, Fed Chair Powell kind of pump out his chest and say, this is what we're doing. And the market was a little bit disappointed as there was a lot of room for interpretation and, and flexibility, which is, you know, what they will often do. So, Anyway, you know, this is going to be the big driver of this year is will we see these six rate cuts? What will those cuts be? When will those cuts end? How will it how will it affect the economy? And in general, and I say in general because this is like theory and, and I one thing I've learned in my time in the market is that theory doesn't necessarily play out the way you, you you think it would in the market, right? I learned all this stuff in economics classes and in college only to realize that, hey, in the real markets, it doesn't necessarily have to follow that way. But in theory, typically you would say when interest rates are down or are being cut, stock prices go up. So you would hear this news saying, hey, six cuts, um, stocks are going to go up, 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 up. But this isn't necessarily the case because it also depends on what type of cut we're looking at or, or I guess the reason behind the cut. And there's you know typically two types of cuts. And I, I apologize, I don't know the, the fancy uh, Ivy League terms for this. Again, I don't have a fundamental background at all. I just, I learned all this through the fly during what, it was, what I'm up to now, 17 years of trading experience, 18 years of trading experience. But there are two types of cuts, right? One is kind of a, a natural cut, I guess you can say, and, and this comes while inflation, uh, I guess, uh, falls and this, this maintains a, a natural balance, right? This is a, a cut with no recession attached to it at the end. Um, I think the name was called like a, a disinflationary cut or something like that, but don't quote me on that. Um, but anyway, that would be like a, a, a good cut, right? We're, we're, we're cutting because we're keeping everything in, in, in uh, perfect balance, right? The other type of cut isn't such a good cut, and this is a cut due to the economic or economy, excuse me, uh, being in trouble, and we're trying to stimulate growth, right? And in this bad type of cut, stocks will actually or, or have the potential to actually go down as interest rates are going down as well. And if you get a chance, um, what I would do is I would load up and maybe Google search something and, and load up a, a little calendar, look for a graph that shows um, past interest rate hikes and cuts and then performances of you know said index and you can actually see kind of the the, the correlations between the two and and how they uh how they operate and then dig into the specific time that you're interested in and then get a better idea of saying hey what type of cut was this why were we cutting rates you know back in what is it 2010 is that too early 2010s after the recession why were we cutting rates why were we doing this why were we doing that and what effect did that have on the stock market and that's going to help you figure out hey what may be the the bigger long-term potential play for this next kind of cycle of cuts based on our economic situation. Um, so that's one thing, interest rate cuts. Another thing is going to be treasury bonds, right? U.S. bonds, because here's the thing. We, we, we often associate kind of our economy and the stock market with um, 
interest rate cuts, Fed cuts, because that's kind of the the, the normal thing. But um, understand this, right? The, the Fed cuts are more kind of consumer-based cuts, kind of average Joe and average Jane type cuts. Big corporations, they worry much more about T-bonds, right? Right, T-bonds, these are the big benchmark rates for borrowing for these big corporations. And these are much more important than the Fed rates, right? And, you know, so even if the interest uh, rates are cut by the Fed, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to see rate cuts in the bonds and specifically the 10-year bonds. And we're currently almost double, you know, the, the quote unquote normal rate. We've been that way for a while now. And the question is, what's going to happen with that? Because that may not necessarily change. So you got to look at that from a, a bigger economic perspective as well. So any news on treasury bonds coming out, again, specifically the 10-year bonds, that's going to be big news as well. The last bit, and this is kind of the wild card that throws everything out of the mix, not like we can make predictions anyway. Again, you know, I say it in the market all the time, you know, Akil, people ask me, Akil, what's going to happen? I say, I have no idea, right? Um, I told you guys I got invited to be on a few shows before and I've always declined because I feel like I would just go on the show and be like, I don't know, Dan, back to you. And I'm like, what? What, what type of quote unquote expert is this? But, you know, you ask any expert, we make predictions. Everyone does their predictions at the beginning of the year, and then they get ripped apart and thrown out the way because that's the way the world works. So I have no idea what's going to happen. But the wild card of all wild cards is that this is also an election year. It's an election year here in the States. It's an election year in the UK, I believe, and a few other places. And funny things happen on election year, depending on what party is, you know, depending on who's running, depending on what party thinks they're going to win. And because of all of the kind of sneaky little promises that I guess these uh, incumbents are making, and I'm talking about, you know, if I get elected president, I'm going to, you know, cut taxes and do this and do that. And that's going to have an effect on the economy once you figure out, hey, who's leading, who's trailing, what's their economic policy or monetary policy, what's this, what's that. And that can throw everything into the mix, right? So, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But if there are three things you want to pay attention to this year in the market, I'm not speaking necessarily from a trading perspective. We're mercenaries. We come in. This is longer term stuff, so we don't really care about it. We're using the technicals to find our opportunities. But from an investing perspective, right, three things we want to pay attention to this year. Interest rates is number one. Fed interest rates, Fed rates, number one. Two is going to be U.S. 10-year treasury bonds. And number three is the political situation. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hey, if you want to learn more about the trading aspect, right, make sure you head over to our website, www.tier1trading.com, where we teach traders how to trade for a living. I was just having the conversation with someone on the platform and saying that, hey, this isn't one of those platforms where you just take the courses and you try to learn that way. We have lots of supportive resources, including live Q&A sessions, live rooms, accountability sessions, right? Use us, use the community, surround yourself with like-minded individuals, and that's the real secret to becoming skilled at something. So if you want to check it out and give it a try, head over to www.tier1trading.com. Check out that 14-day risk-free trial, and I'll see you guys on the platform.